1: Discover more about our wondrous, world-class city at the Chicago Architecture Center, now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Plan your staycation exploring two floors of awe-inspiring exhibits, from our interactive city models to skyscrapers that changed the world. And learn about the fascinating stories behind the fabulous facades. Book your tickets today at architecture.org. The stories of the city begin at the CAC. Okay, let's get today's show underway here. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, August 14th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank these unions for sponsoring our podcast. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, our sponsors, as well as our dear friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Let me tell you about voting by mail. Voting by mail ensures equitable access for everyone. Normally, vote by mail applications are filled out online or in person. This creates a burden for people with limited access to transportation or internet services. Disproportionately, the elderly or people of color who are among those at greatest risk from COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, a law was passed in Illinois for November requiring vote by mail applications be sent to anyone who voted in 2018, 2019, or the 2020 primary. This falls short of what is needed particularly since these elections saw low turnout. We need to expand access. Mail-in voting is the best way to ensure everyone's voice can be heard safely. We can help expand voting access in Chicagoland by asking officials to send every eligible voter a vote-by-mail application. So, visit votemailchicago.com. That's votemailchicago. Com for call scripts and a petition. One more time. Vote, V O T E, mail, M A I L, Chicago, C H I C A G O.com to make sure that every voter in Cook County has safe and equitable polling. That's correct. Now, we do have a Song of the Day request. Oh. And uh, it's a very Chicago song. So uh, Frank sent it to us. I think he requested this yesterday as well. Uh, Lakeshore Drive.
2: Oh, Aliota, something and somebody. Hey, means, Jeremiah. Yeah. Wow. How'd you know that, D? Frank put it on there. Oh, uh, on Lakeshore Drive, heading south in Lakeshore Drive, dude. <laughs> oh man, I know it, Frank. I can hear it. It's one of those things where I can hear it. But somehow or other, what I hear can't make it through all the obstacles in my brain to come out. So that's how it came out.
1: There's certainly, there certainly
2: is no show
1: like our show. <laughs> and the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. <laughs> it is Friday, August 14th, and live from Ben's attic and my apartment, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun Times editor Ramana Hussein, and now your host,
2: Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Benjarowski here. We're calling this Trump Goes Postal Friday. And here's why. What a day, ladies and gentlemen, on a day when one gutsy reporter at the White House point blank accuses Donald Trump of lying. Donald Trump finally tells the truth about something. In this case, About what he's trying to do to the post office, he told Fox News some personality what I'd ever heard of before. Dave, I got to get out more. That he was sabotaging the post office, starving it of funds in order to win the reelection. Here's the quote. Hold on, Dave. Let me let's let me go to my video. And you don't need to get out more. It's a pandemic, all right. Uh Just look at the the internet. Here we go. Um, the, here's the Trump. Uh, here's a quote from today's Sun Times, the hardest working paper in America. Quote: Correct. They want tw- <laughs> they want 25 million for the post office. Now they need that money in order to have the post office work, so it can take all of those millions and millions of ballots. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. Oh, that Donald Trump. He's up to no good. I'll tell you, folks, we've been seeing this all along. He wants to starve the post office of the money it needs. All right. In order to sabotage any attempt by the Democrats. To win the election now, actually, as I've pointed out many times, uh, it's it's kind of a um, how do I put this? It's a weird situation. It's a difficult game that Donald Trump is playing here. He knows mail-in votes would make it easier for people to vote. So he knows that the margin of victory that Joe Biden will have uh, will be even greater than the one that Hillary Clinton had. I've been predicting this all along, D. But in, in the case of the pandemic, if it's easier to vote, more people will vote. And my guess is more people will vote against Donald Trump. So we brought in his crony, Louis DeJoy, to sabotage the post office. And we're getting reports about this, laying off workers, telling workers to go a little slower, mail piling up, you know. Meanwhile, uh, Donald Trump is having his negotiators uh, in uh, uh, in Washington try to undercut efforts to fund the post office. But it's a tricky thing because yes, He wants to hurt the attempt by Biden to get people to vote for Biden by mail, but he needs the post office for the swing states. I cannot accentuate this enough. There's a lot of geezers down in Florida who want to vote for Donald Trump, but they're afraid to go to the polling place. They need those mail-in votes. Trump knows uh, he he needs those mail-in votes. He's sending the message, he himself is voting by mail. So it's a tricky little thing. How do you screw up the post office to undercut Biden while still getting your vote? This is what the Republicans are doing right now. Like these evil scientists in the back rooms with their mixing their chemicals. Evil, weird scientists. How can I cheat even more? I'm a Republican. I cheat like crazy. And then, of course, the Dems are. Can we all get along? I'm a Dem. Meanwhile, he's got his... Uh, Congressional negotiators locked in with Nancy Pelosi. Yay, Nancy! Trying to, trying to insert a cut for the post office, uh, and like swap that for you uh, a hike in the allowance for people who have lost their jobs during the COVID. So it's really bizarre negotiations. They're like giving the Democrats a choice. All right. You want a little extra money, a little extra relief for the people who are out of work, for the people who can't pay the bills, for the people who are facing eviction? I'll tell you what. You have to agree to cut money for the post office. You have to agree to sabotage the post office. You want that little relief for your little dems? We're going to squeeze you. By the way, this is blatantly sabotaging government. This is blatantly making life worse for Americans and not one word of protest from Illinois Republicans. You know, this is one of my favorite themes, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine the sobbing, the hysterics from those editorial writers at the Tribune, Michael Girardi? If Michael Madigan were playing this game, he's a boss, he's a hack, he's a ward boss. Oh, the sobbing. The breast pounding oh. they're always going around asking uh, Illinois legislators we have fun with this too should De- hey Dems should Michael Joseph Madigan step down you know should he step down so I'll say alright I'll just flip it around hey Jim Durkin hey Darren Bailey hey Tribune editorial board Hey, John Cass. Hey, you all, you MAGA hat wearers out there who love Donald Trump. He's sabotaging the post office. He's sabotaging government. Should he step down? Tell you what, D. My deal remains on the table. Republicans, I'll swap you right now. Michael Joseph Madigan for Donald Trump. Straight up. Madigan steps down. Trump steps down. Awfully silent over there uh, on the Republican side of the table. Meanwhile, the accusations of lying. Let's show some love for Sv Dete, a White House correspondent for Huffington Post. And at this point, I will now do uh, my Mister Bike invitation. Uh, Dennis, play the Trump tape, please. Please, so, uh, Mr.
0: President. After three and a half years, do you regret it all. All the lying you've done to the American people, on all, the all the lying, all the dishonesties—that who has done? You have done uh,
3: tens of yeah, thousands. Go ahead, please, please. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wanted to ask about the payroll tax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that.
2: I love. I love that exchange. We're gonna be playing that exchange for a while. First, the guy. First of all, can we give this guy credit for? You know, guts. Take it right out here. All the lying you've done. And then Trump, oh, I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm going to pretend to hear All the what? Like, you know, you got to say it again? going to say it to my face. And the guy comes right back at him. Uh, lying, sir, as in L-Y-I-N-G, that. And Trump's like, who's done? Oh, give, it, give it another guy another chance to avoid it. He goes, uh. You know, like the guy would suddenly say, uh, the, the, the lying that Joe Biden's done. No, because you've done, sir. And then Trump's like, uh, I am not even going to dignify that with the response. And he turns to the other reporter, typical reporter, throws his buddy under the bus, you know, uh, uh, about the payroll tax. Dude, you should have stood up for your fellow reporter. You should have said, hey, what about answering old boy's question over there? You know, instead, (laughs) uh, yes, Mr. President, I would never ask a question like that. I am a good student. I'm going to ask you about payroll tax. Speaking of things that Trump blatantly lies about all the time, uh, I'm going to defer to payroll tax. It's not going to have one bit of an impact on Social Security and Medicare. Anyway, you know what? I got to tell you this. I don't know why Donald Trump didn't handle the question. I wish, Donald, I wish you'd have been honest about the question. I wish you'd just come right out and said, you know what? Yeah, I lie all the time. What difference does it make? Nobody ever holds me accountable. I still have 45% of the people in this country willing to vote for me, no matter how many times I lie. In fact, they're so willing to vote for me, they'll even go beyond my lies and spread other lies. So, like, like, about masks causing COVID as opposed to protecting you from it my people not only believe my lies they're like like little soldiers that'll go out and lie for me so yeah i don't care i don't care if i'll lie all day oh well you guys can't get me because 45 percent of the vote is gonna be mine no matter what yeah i wish he had told the truth that, you know got me thinking d uh-oh yeah it really got me thinking i was thinking about uh, trump's reaction to the question uh, from SV Date, as opposed to Lori uh, Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot's reaction to the question from Craig Wall the other day. Remember that question? Perfectly, Two perfectly good questions. I mean, think about it with the Trump one. Trump, I think the Washington Post has tallied 20,000 lies by Donald John Trump, uh, like 101. They just guy they lies constantly, gets up and he lies. He's lying even when he's standing. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a le- totally legitimate question. I'm a little surprised that it hasn't been asked before. And again, I'm very disappointed with the other reporter who just like didn't do the follow up, didn't protect his brethren in the press corps. But um, so it's a legitimate question, but he ducked it. He wouldn't even answer it. He was so wimpy. Uh, whereas when Lori Lightfoot got the very legitimate question as to whether uh, she was trashing Kim Fox. Don't fade us. Yes, thank you. He's good, ladies and gentlemen. He's good. He's on his game today. Okay, he knew where I was going. We've been together for three and a half years. He reads my mind. If you could read my mind, love. Anyway, I would give this. Lori Lightfoot at least answered the question. She did it in a hostile way. She Don't did us. it in a way. Thank you, Lori. Uh, but at least she answered this question. So once again. Donald Trump is worse. We got a great show. Kind of fooled you there, Dig. We got a great show today, everybody. Romana Hussein, she's fired up to talk about Kamala Harris. My God, we we uh, we're gonna break break apart. Not just really what uh, whether it's a good thing for uh, Joe Biden to have her on the ticket. We talked a lot about that already, but just sort of the fallout, the reaction uh, to the way the right has treated Kamala, the way the left has treated Kamala. Uh, and uh, R- R- Ramana has threatened D oh, to no. turn the table. Yeah, she's threatened to turn the tables on me and throw a few hard questions my way. I'm a little nervous. So Ramana uh, will be on the show in a little bit. But before we do that, the young man from all the man they call Doctor Doobie with the news.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? No one calls me that at all. All right. For the fourth and final time this week, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Actually, before we do that, Ben, let's talk about this weekend's bonus interviews and our plans for next week. Mm. Uh, Just like every weekend, we do have Benny J bonus interviews for all of you to download at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Going to be honest, though, all right? We're still working out the lineup. We have so many interviews in the back burner at the moment, we're not exactly sure. I can tell you one thing. One of them will be the political know-it-alls, uh, Dan Pogoschelsky and Jacob Kaplan, and that will be on Monday, because they're going to be talking about the convention. Isn't that right, Ben?
2: Well, yes, we had a, a long conversation about uh, past conventions, this convention. Yeah, this convention's going to be a little uh, anticlimactic. I mean, it won't be a, like a real old-fashioned convention where everybody's packed into the uh, arena and the balloons fall, or maybe they don't fall, uh, as in 1980. And you hear these speeches, people cheer, they wave signs, and then you know one faction of the party may be protesting, and then the reporters looking for any scrap of news just run. Uh, Dan, we have breaking news. Uh, The North Dakota delegation is not happy with this plank on the platform. We'll be coming live with this. Uh, We have uh, Dennis Sheeter with us from the North Dakota delegation. He's ready to talk. So we're not gonna have any of that because it's it's all remote. Uh, But uh, Danny and uh, Jacob and I talk about past conventions, reminisce about our favorite moments. Uh, and what can we what we can expect uh, with this convention.
1: So like I said, we got a lot of them on the back burner here. Uh, quite a few. Heartland years. Mamas.
2: Heartland Mamas. Heartland Mamas. You know I love the Heartland Mamas. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, Heartland Mamas don't mess. They're pretty tough when it came to Michael Joseph Madigan uh, and their perspective as uh, progressives from the hinterlands. What do I call it, the boonies? And everybody gets mad at me when I say that. Yeah, just me. Uh, I get mad when you say uh, that. Stop okay, calling I'm, it the boonies. Heartland Mamas always laugh when I say it. Uh, I love them dearly. They have their own podcast, uh, Heidi and Murray. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun talking to them, talking politics. But then they got into you know what the impact of Michael Madigan is on efforts uh, to build a Democratic Party in areas that are reddish, if you will. So a lot of interesting stuff from the Heartland Mamas.
1: Yeah, we've done so many extra interviews here. So Ben and I are going to have a meeting after the show. We're going to find out what's what, because on to next week. Ben is taking his annual family vacation. So all next week, we will not be streaming live with our standard Ben Jarofsky show. Now, I know this bums out our live streamers. And uh, actually, Jay Marie brought this up yesterday. And it's true. Uh, Every time we go away uh, for a week, all hell
2: breaks loose
1: in America. (laughs) Have you noticed that, Ben?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's not that I planned it that way, Jay Marie, but uh, oh, definitely c- great um, memory. When we left in early June, I, I can't remember why we left. Uh, I think we were just both exhausted from having done so many shows in the attic. Yeah, I needed praying. a
1: break. I remember I was about to jump out that attic window, so I was like, all right, I got to take a little break.
2: Yeah, and that, that's, a, that, that's that's when Dennis rode his bike to Wisconsin. Yes, he certainly. rode to Wisconsin, and he saw a buttered cow. I didn't see uh, any cows. And they saw Rom. Dennis was going to Wisconsin. Rom was coming back from Michigan. How are you doing, pal? Uh, <laughs> I'm smart. You're not. Uh, uh, so yeah, and that was um, that was the week of the uh, all the unrest following George Floyd's murder. So yeah, you're absolutely correct, Jay Murray. And then next week we're going. Okay, was not our plan to leave during the uh, Democratic convention. But as David Ferris uh, pointed out, they switched the Democratic convention. They moved it back and that we'd already made the plans to to go. So what can I do? By the way, David Ferris, I cut a deal to you. would be very proud of me. Really? You, you, yeah. I cut a deal with David Ferris. He's going to do a post Democratic convention uh, report and then a post Republican convention report. We'll be back on the air live for the Republican convention. We'll be having a lot of fun breaking down uh, all the lies that Donald Trump uh, tells. I mean, looking for any response. From our Republican friends who are so worried about Michael Madigan's shenanigans. And so, yeah, I recall
1: also uh, during our radio days at WCU later before you were fired, mm-hmm. uh, we took a week off and then Charlottesville happened.
2: Man, what a memory you have. Yeah, I, I really don't remember much about the those days anymore. D, it's. Uh, uh, I, I other than getting fired, uh, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember but, that too. Uh, yeah, I remember that. But uh <laughs> uh, hey, Ben, uh, now that we're done firing, did you go ask Dennis to come in here? We want to give give yeah. him promotion. Yeah,
1: they actually uh, asked that. Dennis is going to be a big opportunity for you, bro. Like, uh, no, I'm not doing that, guys. Sorry.
2: I'm going to say this about this young man from all. Stand up, guy, boy. You stand up. They said, "Look, man, we could We're gonna throw Ben under the bus, but you get to drive over him." He <laughs> goes, no, I don't think that's not for me. Get somebody else to drive that bus." Uh, and so you can always find someone. I'll do it. <laughs> so yeah, that uh,
1: that happened. But hey, everybody, listeners, let's all collectively cross our fingers, all right, and hope nothing happens. Nothing <laughs> bad goes on while we're gone this time around. Uh, like we we will have a lot of interviews though for you to download all throughout the week okay we do this every time so live streamers i know you you love the live aspect of the show it's my favorite part of it too but uh, we ask that you go to both chicago sun times and chicago reader websites and wherever else you download podcast and go download our shows that are in place of the live shows and we'll be back i believe on the 25th
2: hold I on would. let me look That is correct. That's correct. Wow! I looked at my calendar. D as you can see. Oh wait, I don't have a camera. Uh, My desk calendar. Oh, way to go!
1: We're so proud of you, but you have a desk calendar. Uh, All right. So everybody, just go download those podcasts, especially if you listen on the live stream. We highly encourage it. Go check it out. And also check out any episodes or shows you may have missed while we're gone. Guys, we've got over 600 episodes of the show. We're maniacs. We record a lot of episodes, Okay, So go catch up on the shows you may have missed. Hey, go check out that Raylo interview we had a while back. Our Kim Fox interview where she said bullshit. And then her (laughs) opponent, Bill the Broadway. What was his last name? Conway. Build a Bro Conway. Used it in his ad. Go check that out. There's so much content for you to go check out while we're away. And when we come back, oh, we're right back at it, the live show. I'll be making fun of Ben. The live stream will be doing it, too. We'll be... Back at it in no time, guys, all right? So, there's that. Uh, Please be on the lookout for that. Both Chicago Sun-Time, Chicago Reader websites, wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Hope you all stay healthy Uh, while we're away. Stay safe, stay sound, wash your hands, wear a mask. Local news, let's do it. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker.
2: I'm not a perfect person.
1: No public event scheduled for the governor today, but he did give a couple of words today on a COVID-19 saliva test. The saliva test was recently created by the University of Illinois, and JB said... It's promising. It could be used for what's called surveillance testing, which allows us to discover outbreaks across the state wherever they may occur. Because these are significantly less expensive tests uh, and still effective, uh, it's really a tremendous development. I've talked to people across the country uh,
2: about the use of this sort of a test, and p- people everywhere are excited about what you advise help. I don't know if anybody's excited about anything having to do with the pandemic day. Yeah. Uh, Good call. You know, I mean, I... I, I Jamie, I really appreciate you trying to put the best spin possible. Loving that enthusiasm, but (laughs) Oh, yes! Saliva test! A great new test, hey. (laughs) oh, Where do I get in line? I want my saliva... Where can I get my saliva test? (laughs) I I haven't taken the test, D, because I'm still studying for it. Oh my my goodness, Ben, that's like two zingers. (laughs) Man, I wish Zanies were open. (laughs) can <laughs> yeah so i don't know i can give can, can we show some love for jb all right he's getting it from everybody these days i'm gonna show some love for jb by the way he's a big fan of the eagles and uh you know uh, being excited about a saliva test i'd be more uh excited if he said the university of illinois has just come with a come up with a vaccine for uh that would be exciting, wouldn't it, D? That would be exciting. That we could go back to our little studio and look people right in the eye and the we'll world go back to the way it was. Have
1: that awkward moment where we got to go face to face with John Cantazera and tell him to get out of our studio. This is ours, pal. The Cantazera <laughs> show is not happening here.
2: Johnny had a great day in the Sun-Times yesterday. Oh, boy. Best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. He loves the Eagles, guys. He loves loves the Eagles. I wonder what his favorite... uh, JB, your favorite Eagles song? Well, take it easy, of course. (laughs) I've got to tell you, folks, not feeling the Eagles. Michael Girardi, I don't know what your thought is about the Eagles, but, you know, I just... Kind of the Big Lebowski uh, sums it up for me. Not an Eagles fan. Well, of course, Michael Girardi's never heard of the Eagles, according to you, right? You know what? I'm not going there because he proved me wrong. And now, you know what, D? In honor of Michael Girardi and all the millennials who like the Kinks, I will now sing a song by the Kinks. I'm going to sing a very popular song that the Kinks did, but I'm going to do the live version. Okay, this is the live version. All right, you ready, D? Oh, okay, God. let's see if you know this song. Hello, a lola, and now it's the live version. I tell the crowd, "Come on, crowd!" and the crowd goes, "Lola, hello, la, la. hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: you know. <laughs> Listeners, we're so glad that you stick with us and keep listening to this program, even when things like that happen.
2: That's the live version, D. Did sounded you know just like the, the other version? version. Yeah, I guess so.
1: All right. Now, I went to the Big Fellers Twitter page this afternoon, and I found something worth mentioning. And, well, we haven't done this in quite a while. So, it's time for a segment that we like to call here on the Ben Jarofsky Show, Hail to the Tweet. Cue the ukulele. <laughs> All right. Governor J.B. Pritzker sent out a tweet to our Southwest Metro East downstaters, or I guess anyone else that's looking to travel to Missouri in the near future. There's an article attached to this tweet from the downstate Belleville News Democrat. The headline reads As COVID cases soared in Missouri, more from Southwest Illinois went to visit, data shows. Governor Pritzker's tweet at the top of the article reads Folks, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Missouri may be more, quote, open today, but if you cross the border and let your guard down, you're putting the future of the Illinois economy at risk. Let's all do our part to stay safe.
2: Hmm. Well, uh, JB, I'm going to break it to you. I've figured out that I would say roughly 45% of the population. I don't know if I come up with these numbers, D, but I'm just going to say 45% of the population is, uh, either does not believe all the warnings people give them about COVID uh, or don't care, which is pretty much the same thing. And I was just talking to a, a millennial about this, about her millennial friends and the way they're just part of the bar culture, uh, They the way they just, they don't really wear masks, they don't do much social distancing. And they've just come to the conclusion. And these aren't even MAGA hat wearers, D. These are Chicagoans who would be insulted if you suggested they wore the MAGA. But they've just come to the conclusion that ah, you know, this doesn't. This is just for old people, and uh, it doesn't affect me. And so then you go downstate as you pointed out, and, pff, they just don't believe it. You know, I mean, they just they never believe. They just figured this was something that only affected people in Chicago. So yeah, JB, you could do all the warnings you want, but. Folks are going to go to Missouri. Missouri folks are going to come to Illinois, and they're just going to keep spreading this thing. This country, I hate to say it, I don't think it has the discipline uh, to deal with something a challenge like this. was just going to—I hate to say it, D. you know, you are the one who. What? Do, how did you put it? If we're, if our response is linked to the intelligence of the American people, oh, that sounded
1: ways. way smarter than how I said it. I said, if this plan involves
2: everybody to not be an idiot we're doomed uh, your, your way of saying it is a lot more effective than mine and that's how I view it so yeah they're going over to Missouri well there's bars in Missouri I know I'll go drink spit on somebody and soak up his spit and call it a night oh, there you go wait Ben this just
1: in <laughs> that's my telegraph noise you like the, this just in Oh, that's very good. Wow. After reading that tweet,
2: 20 more downstaters just
1: put up a Pritzker suck sign in their lawn.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's a, Pritzker sucks. They hate Pritzker downstate, but they love Darren Bailey. Figure that one out, folks. I can't help I I I can't help you with the downstate. Dennis is my downstate expert, and even he doesn't know how to deal with that. So there you are, a little JB
1: Pritzker. Hail to the tweet on your Friday afternoon was not, not going to work, J.B., but I give you credit for trying. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. All right, more statewide news. And while Illinois may be doing better than Missouri on the COVID front, 50 bucks says our politicians are way more corrupt. Damn, this state is shady. The following mm-hmm. comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and John Seidel. On Thursday, Democratic Illinois Senator... Terry Link was charged in federal court with filing a false income tax return for the year 2016. Link claimed his income was $264,450, even though he knew his total income quote was substantially exceeded, Well, oh, I'm sorry, he knew his income total quote substantially exceeded that amount. Ten months ago, Terry Link insisted he was not the unnamed state senator who turned on a fellow lawmaker, Representative Louis Arroyo, and wore a wire for the feds. He denied it after a source confirmed to the Chicago Sun-Times that Link was the same senator who had been caught submitting false income tax returns to the IRS, expected to be charged for it, and cooperated because he hoped it earned him some leniency at sentencing. Surprise! He's a liar! Not surprised at all. Neither Link nor his criminal defense attorney could immediately be reached for comment after the charge was filed Thursday. What a shocker. Prosecutors charged the Vernon Hills Democrat in a document known as an information, a a typical sign uh, a defendant plans to plead guilty. Republicans have previously pushed for Link to step down from his role as a member of the Legislative Ethics Commission. On Thursday, he did just that. And this is according to John. Patterson, a spokesman for Senate President Don Harmon. Patterson said, quote, President Harmon has accepted Senator Link's resignation as a member of the Legislative Ethics Commission.
2: All right, a lot to unpack there. Let me just start with uh, just a side comment that you made. I am now going to uh, defend the land of Lincoln. I'm going to defend the state I live in. I'm going to defend a state I've lived in since night. 1866. How dare you, Dennis? How dare you, Dr. Doobie? How dare you, White Lightning, say that Illinois is more corrupt than Missouri? Well, I put 50 the bucks on the line. I don't, See, I really, you know what? I'm going to have to make a confession here, D. I don't know, because I haven't studied Missouri. I've immersed myself in the corruption of Chicago and Illinois, so I know a thing or two about it. I haven't spent any time in Missouri. I don't know how corrupt they are. All right. And you know, uh, I don't know why by the way, I don't know how vigilant the reporters are in Missouri. Um I it sounds like I'm trashing Missouri reporters. I just don't know. We have bulldogs in the state of Illinois, D, when it comes to reporters. You know what is what Danny Malopoulos All right, he gets a over Danny Malopoulos Remember when Danny went down he was with the Sun Times now at uh B's. We gotta get him back, man. He's a bulldog. He was tra- who was it? Was uh, some alderman's kid? Was working at a, for Streets and Sand. Danny went down. He and in the article he just writes when confronted at five in the morning at his job. The Alderman son said, "Blah blah blah." Go, Dan. What were you? You got up that early? Oh, that's how you go do a story, Ben. So we we have a tradition of bulldogs in the press corps here. day I don't know if they got that in the Show Me State. I think the show me state reporters are more like, oh, whatever you say, uh, Governor, <laughs> you sound so smart. I'm just saying that, dear. All right. So I'm defending Illinois. Uh, as to Terry Link, we had a lot of fun with this about six months ago. The Democratic state senator uh, from Vernon Hills, which is the Waukegan area, and that denial. Man, oh man, of Shevins. You know, it's like now this is the third one we've been dealing with. A reporter, follow me on this, D, a uh, a politician, I mean, uh, handling a tough question from a reporter. Uh, how does he or she deal with it? So we had Donald John Trump. The reporter goes, you know, what do you think? <laughs> I love that question. Lying to the American public. I am I'm just not going to dignify de- huh? that
1: with the. <laughs> uh, what'd you say?
2: Uh, what? <laughs> Who? I am above that. Okay, what a wimp. Come on, Trump. Dress it. You lie all the time. I would have more respect for you if you just openly admit it. Yeah, I lie. I lie all the time. These dummies believe me. Why wouldn't I lie? Freaking Americans are so stupid. They believe any old thing I say. So I'm going to say any old thing. Duh. Would you respect that? I would be like, "Yeah, yeah, that may be enough. No, it would never get me to vote
1: uh, for him. I was going to say, whoa, finger. whoa, hold it there, pal. We want to keep a show now.
2: I wish he would say that because it's the truth. That is, I think Donald Trump says some stupid stuff, lets it out there, and then watches in amazement as all these Republicans believe him. They fall in line. All these Republican Dudley Do-Right guys who are criticizing Mike Madigan just fall in line. So that was Donald Trump. And then there's Lori Light, Lightfoot and her response. She gets mad at the reporter. How dare you ask me that question? Well, that was the Kim Fox 1D. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where she trashes Kim Fox without naming her. So the reporter says, wait a minute, are you blaming Kim Fox? And she goes, don't bait me. Well, you, you, you. She turns it on the reporter. So here's uh, Terry Ling. <clears throat> I'm, this is from a W. This is the uh, sometimes article quoting a WBEZ story, date. So I'm going to do it in my WBEZ voice.
1: Yes. Oh, and also Dog Doggerson weighed in on the live stream chat. Uh, oh. Yes, sir. That is a brand new Benny J sound effect. A bulldog. That was pretty good, Ben.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I, guess, I got millions of them. Sometimes I could just go for walks and go, what other sound effect can I come up with today? <laughs> uh, the bulldog. Danny Milopoulos. Guy is a bulldog, all right? They don't have guys like that in Missouri, and that's why we don't know how corrupt those Missouri politicians are. All right, here we go. Uh, so Terry Link, all right, here's the the deal, folks. Terry Link was wearing the wire. He was wearing the wire, obviously, because the feds got wind of him being doing something illegal. So you know how the game is played? You guys have all seen gangster movies. You know how it goes down? You're caught doing something illegal. They go, all right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll give you a break in the sentencing if you wear the wire. And you go, okay, I'll wear the wire. So he starts collecting evidence on all, uh, against other state uh, politicians. And then the story comes out, indicting the other politician. <laughs> God, what a state. And so, you know, I... I do not know the games that federal prosecutors play, ladies and gentlemen. For some reason, they don't identify a lot of the people when they do these initial indictments. You know, uh, public official L, public, of, who knows why they do the stuff they do? I cannot explain a federal prosecutor, but they do. But everybody figures it out that, you know, that, oh, well, they're talking about Terry Link. So reporters go up to Terry Link and go, are you public official L? I, I don't know if it was Al. It could have been Z. Who knows? And uh, Led Zeppelin? <laughs> no, I love Jimmy Page. Uh, and so here's uh, WBZ. WBZ was first to announce this. Uh, and in response and to reporters in Springfield, uh, they confronted Link. That was my WBEZ imitation. D. Quote, here's Terry Link. I said, what's your source? You answer me. You're a reporter. Heavy sarcasm. Oh, that's really effective, Terry Link. You're going to be sarcastic in response to the reporter. And then, quote, I answered the question yesterday. I'm not going to continually answer this every day of my life. I'm down here to do a job that I was elected to do, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yes, so that's and that's what they call a non-denial denial in the game, and uh, yeah, so it turns out that Terry Link uh, was the public official who was wearing the wire. So, D, we can go back and change all those shows that we did way back what six months ago. Remember when we would uh, say the Sun Times has identified, or maybe it was the Tribune, has identified uh, Terry Link as the man wearing the wire, but Terry Link denies that he was the man. We always put that in, right, D? We always. We got be careful. Okay, now we can go back and read. We We're so
1: we are so careful here on the bench. You know, that's probably the one word that describes our show the most. Careful. <laughs>
2: Well, we, we stopped playing music after one season to desist letter, which we don't even know. When no, it was. we while. got like three or four of them. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. Forget. <laughs> one day, Michael Girardi's going to wise up and next thing we're going to get a letter from his lawyer. Oh, and that, uh, when you bring the idea up to him, yeah, sure. Girardi's going, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't sue us. Okay. Okay. Mm.
1: Okay, do you have anything else you want? Are we done? Are you just gonna drink water now for the next hour and a half?
2: I can't remember what uh we were talking about Oh Terry Link. Yeah, what a liar. <laughs> <laughs> what a liar, ladies You know what? Are there are there politicians like Terry Link in the state of Missouri? I'll bet you there are, Deep. Back to you. All right, and if Democratic Illinois
1: corruption is What you need to get your afternoon going? Oh, don't go anywhere because we have yet another update on Democratic Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan and (laughs) Madigan Gate. Yes, that time when the utility giant's Commonwealth Edison admitted to arranging jobs, arranging contracts, and arranging payoffs to Mike Madigan Associates. And don't worry, we got your back, Madigan lovers. Allegedly.
2: <laughs> well, actually, they didn't allegedly admit to it. They did admit to it. Uh, it's just the alleged. I don't even know what the allegedly is. And just say allegedly. That's good. Yeah. Right. That's good. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs>
1: the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. A group of state legislators, some who have called for beleaguered House Speaker Mike Madigan to resign on Thursday, urged their Democratic colleagues to pass ethics reforms that would include limiting how long lawmakers could serve in leadership positions. Coming in the wake of federal charges against ComEd that implicated Madigan, the package of proposals also includes lobbying reforms and creating a mechanism to temporarily remove legislative leaders or chairs of committees
2: during criminal investigations. You okay over there? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just circling a quote from the story in my bright one. Go ahead, young man.
1: All right. Uh, here's the quote from Democratic Grays Lake Senator Melinda Bush. Yes, one of the apparently few good ones. Quote, by the way, uh, she said this in a Zoom news conference. Uh, Zoom. Ben loves Zoom. Zoom. Yeah, Ben loves Man, they Zoom.
2: What about Google Meet? They haven't heard about Google Meet?
1: <laughs> and they haven't caught up with the times yet. Zoom was so March 2020. Google Meet is the new hip thing. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the quote from Melinda Bush. Quote, it's just really apparent that it's time that we stood up, stood together, and supported each other and said publicly as representatives and senators that we believe that these are the things that could be accomplished. Certainly, read Recent uh, recent allegations have really brought us together again to say we have to come forward. We have to come forward publicly, and we are not going to stop until we get real systemic change that the people of the state of Illinois absolutely deserve, and that we have to have if we are going to move forward, said Bush, one of the first Democrats to call on Madigan to step down.
2: You know, Dave... I would say I was one of the first Democrats uh, to call for Madigan to step down. If you as you re- recall, I called him for him to step down after Elena Hampton came out with her allegations. But you know what? I'm 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 retracting that. I'm, here we go. I'm taking it back. Oh. Madigan, don't leave office. Really? OK. Yeah. So here's why. I'm not going to call for Michael Joseph Madigan to step down until the Chicago Tribune's editorial board calls for Donald Trump to step down. I'm sick and tired of being the sucker and the sap of a Democrat that I am. We always got to be deadly Do-Right and play the game the way it's supposed to be. And the Republicans lie, cheat all the time. Donald John Trump is facing a very credible accusation of rape. Rape, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States when the Chicago Tribune's editorial board calls on Donald Trump to step down, I'm gonna call for Michael Joseph Madigan to step down. I'm sorry, D. I know what you're gonna say. Ben, two wrongs, wrongs don't, don't make a, a right. right. <laughs> How'd you know that? I just, I read you. If I could reach you, my love. You know, so I know, what, I know what you're gonna say. And all my listeners have to, Ben, that's just not right. You gotta have your standards. No matter what the Republicans do, you have to have. No! That's like the fair map people. Look, Let's have a fair Mac in Illinois that eliminates the Democrats advantage, give it advantage to the Republicans, even though the Republicans would never do that in a million years, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That's why Donald Trump's the president of the United States and the Republicans control the Supreme Court and the Senate, even though they get less votes because they play to win, even though it means lying and cheating. And Democrats are always pretending as though it's a legit game. So that's it. I take back it. Michael Joseph Madigan, stay in there for as long as you want. All right. Until the Republicans call for Donald Trump, an alleged rapist, to step down, I'm not budging on that one, D. Sorry, D. I know you're disappointed in me, but that's my new position. All
1: right. Well, hey, when we come back from vacation, look forward to Ben going back and saying that Madigan <laughs> should resign. i have worked with this guy a long time. All right. In fact, he may do it by about 245.
2: Just saying. Yeah, it's a possibility. You know, that I've reconsidered everything I just said. And uh, <laughs> oh, God. But I can I just read you one of the quotes? <laughs> I shouldn't do this to this poor state. These State reps. OK, one more time. Madigan's the, their boss. So all you people out there go, they should all say Madigan's. As I always say, go criticize your boss. You saw your boss do something wrong at work? I want you to go criticize your boss. Oh, Ben, uh, <laughs> I can't do that. I need the job. Well, the state reps are no different. They need their jobs, okay? He's got the keys to the uh, the legislative bathrooms down there in Springfield. They're going to have to go to a porta potty in the park in the park or something they are so dependent on michael madigan for everything he gives them their campaign contributions he gives them aids etc they're very nervous about stepping out against him okay by the way uh d was will Cazardi in this group at all i'm just asking you all
1: right you're the one that brought him up this time but let me look no he's not
2: uh profiles encouraged no but uh seriously folks i'm just kidding we love you will um so yeah, so I, you know, I I try to be uh, a little understanding about these poor state reps. I'm not going to read this quote from the state rep. I'll just let it go and give him a break. D. Give him a break, okay? Give the state reps a break.
1: All right. Now we go to the downstate senator Andy Menar of Bunker Hill, Illinois. Uh, he said that this group believes they could get quote broad partisan support. For the reform efforts, the group has shared its proposal with the Joint Commission on Ethics and Lobbying Reform, which is which was slated to release a report in March. The pandemic has delayed that report, said State Senator Heather Staines, uh, who participated in Thursday's news conference and has also called on Madigan
2: to resign. Uh, what are they waiting for? That the pandemic. Delayed the pandemic's delaying everything. A report, Is yeah. Well, in Ma- no, in
1: March they sent it, but the pandemic delayed it, and so here we are now. Uh, I see, guys. Look
2: here. Let's just outlaw right now. If you're a state rep, if you're the speaker of the house, you cannot have a property tax appeal business. How about that? There we go. That makes sense. How about this? If you're the minority leader of the house, you should not be a TIF lawyer. How about that? There you go. We're cleaning things up right now, D. And then, you know, maybe people other than high-power lawyers would be state reps. Whoa, that would be radical. Like, imagine you, D, running for state rep, mm-hmm. a radio school graduate running for state rep. That, that would be kind of cool. Oh, vote for like... me. <laughs> well, at least he's honest, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, gets up at 7 and chops wood and goes for a bike ride. At least he's honest, all right?
1: All right, on to the Friday news in the city of Chicago, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot.
0: This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine.
1: All right. Today, our Chicago mayor uh, was at Milton Lee Olive Park to announce new measures to protect Chicago's commercial corridors and neighborhoods. We have two pieces of audio from her speech this afternoon. Two very telling clips, if you ask me. Ben, you tell us after we play them. Like to hear it. What's that, Jay Marie, on the live stream chat? No? Well, we're going to play it anyway. Here it goes. Clip number one from... Mayor Lightfoot
0: our plan will include robust legal action to start the city is underway and considering new laws and regulations and enforcement that will provide CPD with greater flexibility in prosecuting cases this strategy also includes leaning in more and strengthening our partnerships with the Illinois State Police, the Cook County Sheriff's Office, and, of course, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. continue and rely on our ongoing relationships with our federal partners, and notably the U.S. Attorney and the FBI. As we have been doing all summer, during an emergency, the Illinois State Police will be deployed to shut down access to targeted areas of Chicago, while Cook County Sheriff's will be immediately deployed to neighborhoods to assist in violence reduction efforts. I'm also happy to report, and the state's attorney will provide more details, that the state's attorney's office has offered their support in ensuring CPD's ability to bring appropriate charges to individuals engaged in this activity and to see that those charges are fully prosecuted. Let me pause and give my personal thanks to state's attorney, Kim Fox, for her initiative, her leadership, and her support in this effort.
1: What about that, Ben? Giving a little props to Kim Fox.
2: (laughs) Where do I start? All right. Folks, I think we all agree that laws already exist on the books that make it illegal to loot, to steal, to rob, to damage property that is not your property. I think we already know those laws exist. I don't know what new law we need. There is... Our politicians are playing a game with us. On one hand, they want to deflect a blame uh, from themselves for lawlessness that occurs, so they have to blame what the prosecutors, the judges. They have to suggest as though somehow or other, people are not enforcing laws, or the laws aren't on the books for them to enforce, but. In the case of Lori Lightfoot, she doesn't want to blame Kim Fox because Kim Fox very legitimately ran on a platform as a reformer who was looking at years and years of basically, let's just be real, black people getting locked up for all kinds of made up, contrived reasons having to do with marijuana, the phony war on drugs, ruining people's lives, ruining families, and ruining neighbors neighborhoods. Kim Fox ran on that. She was supported in that effort. Now, whenever there's unrest, like we saw uh, on Memorial day and last week, they want to blame Kim Fox to divert attention from themselves, but they don't want to go too far blame Kim Fox because they're all sort of part of the same political community. So D this is a game that's going on right now, a political game. And I, I find it very distressing on many levels because we cannot deal with the problems that we have unless we're honest about how unfair our criminal justice system has been for years and years and years to black people. And that's a real legitimate concern that a lot of activists have. I do not believe it warrants looting. I, that's, I said this the other day. That's just not where I come from. I know a lot of young people I've talked to, D, who go, Ben, you're too old. <laughs> they always blame it on me being old. You're too old. Those people have insurance. I'm like, well, I disagree with you. I, I don't think this is a legitimate response. And I appreciate Kim Fox for prosecuting the looters, people who looted. I don't think we should encourage that in any way. But I definitely don't think we should discourage the efforts to reform our criminal justice system. And like that Tribune story about Kim Fox and the prosecutions, I just like, I thought that was overreach. I don't think they they they, they talked about the number of murder uh, indictments, how they had fallen, but they didn't go into any details. They didn't take into consideration that for years and years, we've had situations where people were been uh, falsely accused of crimes that they didn't commit with manufactured evidence, and then they get out of prison and there's a lawsuit filed and the citizens have to pay a lot of money so the system needs to be reformed and to pretend that it doesn't i think does a, a disservice to you. so i have a little issues when i hear uh the mayor talk about the new laws we need to make it's just like the same thing in springfield we all know what's illegal what why do we need new law oh wait bribery is illegal Yeah, bribery's illegal. Mm -hmm. Don't need a new law. It's illegal. Okay. Wait, conflict of interest for the House Speaker to run a property tax business? Yes, that's a conflict of interest. Conflict of interest for the Republican Speaker to be a tax uh, increment financing lawyer? Yes, that's a conflict of interest. We know what is out there, folks. Pretend like we don't. I'm outraged. I'm going to have a new law. Okay.
1: All right, we got one more clip to play, and Jay Marie, I will be reading your questions uh, after we play this.
0: Our robust legal action strategy also includes the creation of the Detective Task Force on Looting, formed in partnership with the FBI. And this special task force will ensure special handling of looting cases to ensure that those who engage in it are held accountable. No one should ever feel that they can break t- into our businesses, destroy and steal property, and get away with it. This task force has already be- been hard at work this week over the past, uh, uh, by reviewing video camera footage and other evidence to identify perpetrators from this week's unrest and to develop strong cases against them in partnership with our law enforcement partners. This has already resulted in over felony, 40 felony charges to date. We also encourage anyone to assist in this process, including identifying cars that are involved in this criminal activity, by reviewing the videotape from incidents located on CPD's recently launched website. We cannot allow the short-term setback that occurred this week to distract us from our broader mission of delivering the resources and investments across our communities that are desperately needed.
2: By the way, I think this uh, underscores uh, the point we've made in the show many times, D, that uh, defunding the police is not really a popular initiative uh, here in Chicago. Lori Lightfoot is nowhere near defunding uh, the police. That's for certain listening to what she said uh, there. Listen, I hope I personally hope that uh, the looters are brought to justice and. And. But I certainly hope that we do not abandon the larger struggle for reforming our system, which has been so unfair all these years. All right. Jay Marie on
1: the live stream chat. She says, uh, so instead of the city addressing what uh, leads to protests and riots and looting, she's doubling down on locking people up.
2: How is she different than Trump? Wow. Uh, how is she different than Trump? Well, she answers questions from reporters in a different style, Jay Marie. Uh, how is she different than Donald Trump? Hmm. I have to think about that. And this particular issue, okay, in this particular issue, uh, it's, listen, J. Marie, your question's a good one, and I'll put it to you this way. I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot about this uh, in light of Kamala Harris and her, uh, selection by Joe Biden to be the running mate. I've been reading a lot of stories about Kamala's performance uh, as attorney general, as a district attorney. She was pretty tough on on crime, uh, prosecutor. And uh, I'm not saying this, this is an excuse, but I'm just fitting it all into the political climate. Republicans do not deviate from their tough law on order stance. Uh, Donald Trump is constantly hitting Democrats with the accusation that they're soft on crime, uh, that they allow other cities uh, to be be, um, overtaken by criminals. Like everything's like a Batman show and he's gonna clean it up. And so Democrat, this has been going on before Trump. This goes back to the 80s, the 70s even. And so a whole generation of Democrats came of age trying to prove To the Republicans that they were every bit as tough on crime as the Republicans, and so I was watching Kamala's reading these articles about Kamala Harris's career, where she was determined to show how tough she was on crime, uh, even if she was in many instances unfair in the way she treated uh, individual uh, uh, defendants. It reminded me of Bill Clinton rushing back uh, when he was running for uh, president, rushing back to uh, Arkansas so we could oversee the execution of a prisoner. Uh, This is an old story in politics. Republicans move the center to the right and Democrats uh, fall along because they're so afraid of just what happened here in Chicago this last week, looking like they're soft on crime, tolerant of property damage. And uh, they all want to be they all want to show that uh, what they're not going to tolerate any crime in their city Uh, and so yeah a lot of people get swept up in that and i think lori lightfoot is no different in that respect so it's an old story uh with democrats and their response to republicans all right
1: so that is our local news for the moment coming up uh before we get out of here we are going to play another round of uh um I don't know what to call this, uh, where we uh, have been. Mention all the absurd information he knows about a high school. And then he tries to guess if this high school decided to remove or keep their police. I guess we can call it remove or keep your police. I don't know. But uh, we're going to be doing that at the end of the show. I have three uh, high schools who recently decided. Uh, so there you are, guys. Uh, coming up after we play a song from Michael Girardi, it is our dear friend, Ramana Hussain from the Chicago sun times She's an editor there, and she's a dear friend of the program. She's going to give us recom- recommendations and talk much, much more. I'm sure she's got a lot to say about our new uh, Democratic vice, pres- uh, vice Presidential candidate. So we're going to be talking with Ramana Hussain. Don't go away Anywhere, everybody, it's the Benjirovsky Show. We are live from Ben's attic. By the way, quick porta potty check. Can you check that real quick?
2: Uh, empty. Oh, empty. 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 Whoa! Wait! Whoa. up! Are oh, you're kidding. Oh, some guy going in there. I don't know. I think it's one of the delivery guys. We, have a, we oh. also have a deliveries business straight down. <laughs> busy alley. Very busy
1: alley. Dropping so, off yeah, a guys. package, I guess. All right. So uh oh, oh, yo. <laughs> it's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's Attic in my apartment. Michael Girardi. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> we're live.
2: <laughs> oh, God. I just said every time. <laughs> but can I just say it's love for Michael Girardi? That song is so good, dude. I, I Like when, when I'm doing my nightly walk, I'm, why do I keep picking up now? Now we're picking it up now.
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, we actually got a voicemail from Michael Girardi. We got a lot of local news to get to today. So let's just play this voicemail now before we go any further. He left you... Uh, <laughs> a message, uh, in regards to your comments on the song. Now you say he sounds like, uh, what was that guy's name? Ray Davies kinks. And then you imply that he has no clue who that is, right?
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he's young, man. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, Michael Girardi's yeah, here, here to go. correct you on that. So, uh, let's, right, let's hear go. from Mike.
4: Ben, it's Mike Girardi. I'm not too young to know who the kinks are. Okay. I'm 38 <laughs> years old. I know who the kinks are, because I grew up with this amazing technology called (laughs) record players. If you never heard of them, ask Joe Biden. I think they're an educational Uh, tool to help kids learn words. So because of the magic of recorded music, I grew up with the kinks just like you did. uh, Now, I'm going to side with you on something, though. Ray Davies. That's how it's spelled. That's how you said it. That is how I have always pronounced it. But Greg Codd, Jim DeRogatis, basically any music expert, they pronounce it Ray Davis, as if there's no E toward the end. So I don't know. I'm going to assume that they know what they're talking about and that that's the way that the guy actually pronounced his own name, Ray Davis. I was shocked. So I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway to the very end. I will join you in mispronouncing his name, <laughs> Ray Davies. As long oh as you God. acknowledge that record record players help kids learn words. Uh, All
2: right, that's have a great week. Man.
0: Play the radio, Uh, make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, (laughs) the the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words.
2: Michael Girardi, his second voicemail. Michael Girardi's the man. That song is awesome. Uh, Michael, I'm still calling it Davies. I don't care what Greg Codd calls it. My whole life I've been calling the man Ray Davies and his brother David Davies. I don't know, David, Dave Davies. So I'm calling him Davies. Unless he calls up and goes... Hello, Ben. This is Ray Davis. You've been mispronouncing my name. Boy, wouldn't that be cool? That would Ray, be pretty Ray cool. Davies. I love the Kinks. I'm a huge Kinks fan. I give you a lot of love, Michael, for uh, listening to the Kinks records. They're so relevant in so many ways. A uh, great satirist, Ray Davies. A uh, master satirist, in my humble opinion. And, uh, man, I'd love to hear his thoughts on Donald Trump. I don't know if Ray Davis is uh, still writing. I think I actually just called him Ray Davis. Oh, oh my God. Oh. It's like, great God, it's influencing my mind. He's in my head. <laughs> ah! Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I love uh, Ray Davis, and you, you conjured up Ray Davis. In fact, if nobody has a song of the day, I got a kink song, D. I'm ready to do a kink song, man. I love it. D, do you like the kinks?
1: Uh, I've never really listened to the kinks. Okay.
2: Yeah. So that, that, okay. That is just, he's being honest. And Michael Girardi, I think you should confess that uh, even though you're a millennial, you're one of those millennials who look back. A lot of millennials are just fixated on what's right in front of them and they don't know about Ray Davies. It's true because I get a Jimmy Eat World vibe from um, that song from Michael Girardi. Uh, I don't even know who Jimmy Eat World is. Okay. Eat World. Uh, uh oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, but you know, that's good because that means that millennials will buy the record, geezers will buy the record. The only one who won't buy the record is John Cass. Oh, I think that's unfair. All right, it's about time. Hey, John Cass, be
1: like Michael Girardi. Leave the Ben Jaroski Show a voicemail 708 658 4788 eight we will play that damn thing all right
2: oh you're you're a beep you benny mother (laughs) i'll edit it out what i need to edit out all right uh but no hey come on when was the last time we edited anything on the ben Jarovsky show that's good uh uh, actually, we may have Adolfo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Adolfo Madraga. Yeah. Adolfo went a little too far. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah. That,
1: leave a voicemail like uh, Michael Girardi, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you.
2: Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers.
1: Number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away.
2: Every Friday, Ramana Hussein joins us, Chicago Sun-Times editor and columnist. Man, I've been waiting for this show uh, for about four days, ever since Joe Biden uh, picked Kamala Harris. She was my f- choice. I must admit, I was hoping that he would uh, select her, not only because I thought she'd be a good uh, choice, Romana, but because I've been predicting it. So I wanted to look really smart. Uh, anyway,
3: I-, so, uh, too. I I thought it from day one. So
2: you thought too? Yeah. Did I can't remember? Did I ever put you on the spot and ask you to make a prediction?
3: You did, or we talked about it once, and I said it's going to be her. I, you know, like all of them. You know the talk about tammy duckworth susan rice i just and the others i just had a feeling she was always number one on that list
2: all right uh before we get to your reaction and uh, break down some of the uh, specific reactions to kamala harris and just everything from ethnicity to ideology uh I just want to read you a email I got from Donald J. Trump. As I've said many times, I am on a mailing list. I got on the Tea Party mailing list, and now the, I get, I would say, conservative estimate, two hundred emails a day from various right wing outfits. Uh, they uh, they must share. It, they must share my email address with them, thinking that I am a Trump supporter. Uh, anyway, so I got this email. I've gotten four. This, this email, I believe, has come four or five times today. It's from Donald John Trump himself, and it says, I'll read it to you. Breaking news. Joe Biden picks phony Kamala Harris as running mate. Friend. Wow. Just when we thought the idea of Joe Biden being president of the United States couldn't get any worse, he announces that Kamala Harris, a failed presidential candidate and a corrupt former California attorney general, will be his running mate. First, Kamala Harris attacked Joe Biden's racist policies. Did she forget? Next, she ends her pathetic run at president. Then, three months after ending her own campaign, she reluctantly endorses Biden. After that, Biden gets accused of sexual assault, so he vows to choose a woman as his VP. By the way, I just have to point out, Donald Trump is right now facing uh, accusations of rape. Just want to point that out, how shameless uh, Donald Trump is. And then he goes on. These two liberals are as far left as they come. Between both of their terrible records, it's obvious that this radical duo is perfect for each other but wrong for America. They are weak on crime and want to see our cities burn unlike President Trump. And by- this is funny. Unlike President... This is front battle! You should say, <laughs> unlike me! He needs an editor! Oops! <laughs> this is uh anyway it goes on and on and then it's signed donald trump so this um Ramon, i know you don't get uh emails from donald trump
3: no i don't uh,
2: but this is what's out there so we live in left uh, liberal land at the very least i live in lefty land but you, you're generally in liberal land and people are a little more tolerant uh for uh, regarding Kamala Harris. But this is what's out there. This is the campaign that's going to be waged uh, against the Democrats. And I think it's going to go far worse with Kamala Harris because they're going to try to exploit everything about her that's different. And of I have course. different quotes. Uh, so let's take the deep dive in this. First of all, your general thoughts uh, with about her uh, as a vice presidential nom- uh, candidate.
3: I thought she was, um, from the get-go, I thought she was what I would consider, a quote, a safe choice, unquote, um, in the sense that, you know, she is someone that was a prosecutor and she, you know, you know, one of the things that's interesting that you mentioned that Donald Trump in his letter to you said that uh, he, that these are people that are very far left. Um, a lot of my friends would tell you that they do not think that she's that very, very far left. And, you know, uh, her record in terms of, you know, being hard on crime and, and not to say that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that's a good thing and that, you know, it is, but, you know, a lot of people said that she unfairly incarcerated a lot of people. Um, you know, they brought up some cases, some metal uh, marijuana cases I was just reading um, an Indian publication, uh, The Juggernaut. Um, it's not an Indian publication, but it's Indian-American publication. And they basically pointed out how um, she didn't defend a Sikh man who wanted to be a jail guard because he wouldn't shave off his beard. They pointed that out. Um, and so, I don't know. I think she's more middle of the road. I don't think she's as far lefty. So I thought that, you know, Joe Biden being a little um more a safe choice than someone like bernie sanders was going to pick someone that you know has the record that a lot of um, you know americans especially the ones um who in middle america would find uh acceptable and she's an african you know she's an african-american and south asian woman he said that he was going to select a woman i knew that he was going to select someone that was black At the very least, I kind of had that in my mind from the get go. And that's why I thought I was going to be Kamala. All
2: right. Well, uh, Donald Trump is uh, already uh, sending out the vibrations to his followers that there's uh, something un-American about uh, Kamala Harris. Talk about that. Talk about what he's up to with that.
3: Yeah. So she, um, you know, Donald Trump, this isn't the first time that uh, he's come up with his birther theories. Um, We know that he did this with Barack Obama who a lot you know had a lot of people do the same thing with him it wasn't just donald trump because you know barack obama had a kenyan father uh barack um it's barack hussein obama has a has a pretty much muslim name even though he wasn't raised it isn't a muslim um but he had the background of being you know his his father and stepfather um were muslims and uh you know he was questioned about whether he was born in the United States. He had a weird name, you know, not a common Anglo-Saxon name. So I think the same thing is going to be happening with Kamala Harris, and we saw that. I think Donald Trump was asked in a press conference yesterday whether, and I thought, I wonder who the reporter was who asked her the who asked him the question about whether she was qualified to be. Um, you know, a vice president, you know, hinting that, you know, she wasn't born in the United States, it's because she has a father who's from Jamaica, an immigrant and a mother who's from South Asia, um, who was also an immigrant. So I think these this ugliness and these questions about whether, you know, they're going to try to make her to be this less American person, and that is what the strategy was with Barack Obama, and that's going to be the strategy with her, I think. Um, I think Donald Trump is going to use that strategy with, you know, a lot of his supporters who do believe that Americans, um, mostly for the most part, (laughs) the real Americans are white people, so...
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's the dog whistle. The real Americans are white people. And yeah, so it was classic Trump where uh, instead of saying, I, I, I don't think she's eligible to run. He said, well, I've heard, I've heard that she's, I I heard, I don't know if it's true or not. I heard, you know, some uh, and
3: that's all all he has to say. And then his followers start, you know, spreading rumors about her and, you know, they're probably going to, you know, you know. Kamala Harris was raised mostly by her South Asian mother. Her father and mother got divorced when she was seven. Her younger sister is much younger than she is. So she was mostly raised by her mother, who, you know, was part of the whole civil rights. She met her, um, Kamala's parents met during the civil rights movements, but she knew that her daughters going to be seen as black women. So she made sure that they identified as black, but, you know, she also Im- imposed, you know, not imposed, but imparted, um, you know, a lot of her Indian cultural traditions. So you were, we're probably going to see a lot of pictures of Kamala Harris um, from the other side, which is not a negative thing for me, but to show, like, you know, Trump's constituents that she's very foreign, they'll probably show pictures of her in India wearing a sari or you know, other and other Indian clothes, other South Asian clothes. I'm sure they're going to use that, too, because, you know, they did that with Barack Obama and put a turban on his head. I mean, I think those are doctored photos, but anything to make her look less, you know, white bread is, is going to be the strategy, I, I believe.
2: Uh, Ramona, let's get into the whole issue of, of ethnic identity uh, and the way it plays out with Kamala Harris. Um, f- for all her campaign, she was identified as a uh, African-American woman. Uh, in fact, that was the gist of, that was the most prominent moment, I would argue, in the debates, that first or second debate, where she confronted uh, Joe Biden on the issue of busing. And she said, I'm the little girl that was on the bus, or I'm the little girl in the classroom. Uh, and so she was clearly identified uh, as an African-American uh, American woman, and now she's the nominee. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. I'm all confused, American people. I'm all confused. I thought she was African-American. Now you're telling me she's Indian? Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Help me out here, Ramona. Americans and ethnicity.
3: Yeah, you know, there's a really a lot of good thing pieces have come out within the last day or two about racial politics and racial identity and how Americans can't fathom that a person can be Two different, you know, can have parents from two different cultural backgrounds, and not necessarily one being white, you know. So, it's 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 interesting, and there's a there's a lot of you know a lot. I can tell you personally when I first heard of Kamala Harris, I saw her first name, and um, I'm Indian, but I'm Muslim. So we we most Indian Muslims tend to have uh, Middle Eastern or Persian names. So we can tell by first names, and as soon as I saw that name, I was like. I wonder if she's part Indian. I swear, I—that's I, what my first reaction was, because I know that was more of a Indian name. You know, there's a lot of Africans uh, who, ha- who have African Americans who have Muslim-sounding names, but this was the first time I saw uh, a black woman with a in South- Indian name. So I was like, she's got to have. And then I googled her, and lo and behold, so I—I I knew she was part South Asian for a long time. So there's been a lot of, uh, you know a lot of uh, back and forth with Indians um, about, you know, I've had a, I have a wide variety of uh, friends, but for the most part, a lot of them aren't like super crazy about her record as a prosecutor. So, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, just being an Indian isn't enough. And then on the, you know, I've seen also someone quoting Zora Neale Hurston saying all the um, skin, skin folk aren't, th- aren't kin folk. So I've seen that kind of discussion, but, in terms of her identity, I think she can identify however she wants. Um, I read an article that said that someone that worked with her for 15 years had no idea she was Indian until recently until she ran for president. So I think I think it's gonna come out a little more. Tomorrow's India Independence Day, so let's see if she's gonna say anything. but you know she did she did do um, you know she, there's been articles she used to go to India all the time. So it's not like she hasn't talked about it. Um, she did a piece when she was running for president um, and she was a candidate. She did a piece with Mindy Kaling. Um, they were making masala dosa. By the way, that's a South Indian dish. Uh, Kamala Harris's mom is from South India. And uh, I want to let you know, um, one of the columnists at the Sun-Times sent me an email and asked me if this was a staple dish like... Uh, like brisket is for Jewish people. And I had to tell her that actually I'm North Indian. That's not a staple dish for us. It's masala dosa. I don't know if you ever had it. You might've had it before. So she, she, you know, she has a South Indian background. And so, you know, she has talked about it. It hasn't, it's not like it's out there, but you know, I just finished reading an article right before the show about how, when there's someone, you know, and this happened with Barack Obama, but obviously it's a little different with him because he had a white mother. But when someone is even part black, And they're visibly black. That's who their identity becomes. And the black experience is very different from the Indian American experience. And um, there's, I I just saw this great article about how, you know, being a Black American is probably more difficult. There's more racism against Black people. You know, the Indians. Not to say that we have it easy because we have racism too. But you know, we we've always been seen as a model minority. So she, you know, and like I said, her mom saw that she was going to be seen as a black girl and wanted to raise her with a strong, you know, identity as a black woman. And she also went to Howard University, which is a historically black university. I think that's important. And I think I've read that she's kind of gravitated more towards her black heritage, even though I think she's estranged from her father. But I don't think she's ran away from her Indian identity either. And that's one of the things I think is hard for a lot of Americans to grapple with is that she can be both. And, you know, it's not that unusual. I mean, I think it is, it's probably unusual for someone to be, you know, she's elected as vice president. That's unusual because we've never had um, a vice president um, female who is biracial. So I don't know. I think Americans just have a hard time identifying with people who aren't one thing or the other.
2: Yeah, and uh, on top of that, uh, her husband is Jewish. I think this is her second marriage, correct? Oh, or- is it?
3: I don't know that. Yeah,
2: I. You know what? I admit, Frank, if you could look that up for us. I know it's her husband's second marriage. I'm not quite sure if uh, Kamala Harris would marry her. Anyway, her current husband is Jewish. And uh, so like Jewish newspapers are ec- ecstatic about this. And there's all these articles uh, about her, including a clip where she does. <laughs> I watched it like 20, she does the best imitation of her mother-in-law, uh, who is uh, from Brooklyn and um, by the way, and I think some mother-in-law is in California so Kamala Harris speaks to a lot of different ethnic groups at this moment and a lot of people are claiming her as their own uh, to the point you were making, we don't really have time to take this deep dive maybe the next time we're on the show to the point you're making about the different experiences of uh, Asian Americans and African Americans uh, Yale is accused of racial bias and admissions, you and I have talked about this in the past yeah. the attempt by the Republican Party to pry Asian Americans away for Democrats by saying, oh, we know they're they favor those black people over you. And so we're we're on your side, Asian-Americans like you're the good minority. The Republicans play that game, Romani, you know, they play that game. Yeah. They-
3: and, and it's a, it's a very disturbing one, because one of the things I, I I mean, I have mixed feelings about Asian-American admissions because I have my nephews and nieces go through this process, even though they have like perfect ACT scores, they didn't get into the college or their dreams. But, you know, they'll be fine. And like I always say that, but there's I mean, I think I also don't think that, you know, spots should be taken away from African-Americans. And I don't like that the Republicans take Asians and pit them against African-Americans, because I think as people of color, we're supposed to be in this together. And there can be solutions that are found not with, you know, Asians aligning with white people in their lawsuits and universities. So I think it's a complicated issue. And I think um I think a lot of these groups, these right wing groups, see that it's an issue in the Asian American community and they are using the Asian Americans to basically be anti black, you know, in at these universities and not have, you know, more African Americans in the school. So, yeah, I can talk about this issue forever. It's 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 actually disheartening. I I mean, there's a lot of Indians that are speaking out about this anti-blackness and that's one of the things that's coming out with this Kamala Harris um, nomination is that you know some South Asians are like you never claimed her before and now that she's vice president you know you're you're like proud of her and weren't you proud of her before and so there's all these different dialogue that's actually happening happening within the Indian American community and you know not every Indian American agrees um, and there's there's South Asians from all parts, you know, of that area. There's like, there's like a friend of mine who's Pakistani. She was telling me that she heard that uh, Kamala Harris was pro Modi, which I have not heard. So I said, your people might be spreading information, misinformation. So. I think in terms of her identity, I think a lot of South Asians and a lot of African-Americans think it's cool in that sense. But at the same time, I don't think everybody thinks that's enough. They think it's historical, but they do want to hold her accountable like they would with any other politician.
2: Well, there are people who uh, I, I've i read uh, many of the same articles. I didn't know you had so many lefty friends, Ramona. That caught me off guard. You're a closet. Le- Ramona plays that game where, you know, she's just straight up down the middle of the road. I think you're a closet lefty. I'm just saying. You go. Know, a lot of my friends have been texting. That sounds like the friends I have. Uh,
3: well, I mean, I can tell you, like i i I'm not I mean let's say let's face it I nobody's gonna mistake me for a right winger um, <laughs> i I mean, I'm honest about that like i I don't think anybody's gonna see me and go, yeah, she's probably voted for Trump, but no, I do I, I i I think it's safe to say that I'm not on the right
2: all right now uh we're gonna get to uh, one of our favorite topics uh, where Romana is gonna to try to force me to say I hate Rahm Emanuel. Uh, wait, Dennis? I mean, you, you a,
3: do, but you don't want to admit uh, it. Wait,
2: we're going to get that. But Dennis, you have something we want to say?
1: I mean, she's right. You do. But Frank has weighed in on the <laughs> Bendrovsky Show Facebook page. It's her second marriage. Thank you, Frank. I knew it was a second
2: marriage, but it wasn't
3: was, sure uh, My question is who was she married to before? Was he also a Jewish guy?
2: Uh, Frank, get to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Frank.
3: I'm just, I'm just hey,
2: Frank. Uh, I don't think he was.
3: It was not an Indian guy because the Indian guy would have came out by now.
2: Oh, yeah. By the way, you're going to hear a lot of talk about a gentleman named Willie Brown. I, I have a mini obsession about Willie, with Willie Brown. Uh, he is sort of like the Michael Madigan of California, or was. He used to be the, the, the speaker of their house. He's a very powerful Democrat, uh, very shrewd political operative. Much like uh, Michael Madigan The difference, Willie Brown is black And uh, Willie Brown uh, Was sort of a mentor to Kamala Harris And they dated for a while And uh, you're going to hear the Republicans They're going to make all kinds of Disparaging remarks about Willie Brown And Kamala Harris They haven't played that card yet They're going to play every single card they can. As you pointed out, uh, Romana, they've already started questioning whether she's eligible because her parents are somehow or other, because her parents weren't born in this country. She can't be vice president or president, even though she was born in this country. Figure that one out. Uh, And that you're going to just sneak that Willie Brown stuff in there. They're going to play every trick they have to like stir prejudices. Uh, against Kamala Harris
3: yeah meanwhile Donald Trump can uh, be accused of raping women so yes
2: yes thank you very much you said that I didn't have to say that uh, alright now let's We whenever I have you on I use you as my journalistic uh, ethicist uh, you're old school journalist. Even though you're far younger than me, but you're far more old school than I am when it comes to journalism. And I'm really curious what your reaction is to the question uh, asked and by uh, Sv Date. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I just
3: Date. It has name. Date. Yeah. Da. Oh, you know what? Before I go
2: there, hold on. I forgot to ask you this question. Pronunciation of Kamala's name, both yep. the correct pronunciation and the way in which the Republicans don't want. This is some other else, other game they're playing. Go ahead. Talk well, about that. I,
3: I should tell you, it's really it's really interesting because when you see her name, um, I didn't know how she pronounced it either. Because, like I said, I'm I'm someone who's of Muslim descent and I might not necessarily pr- pronounce every single Hindu name that I see correctly because I'm not used to it or it doesn't slip off my tongue, even though I can speak Hindi um, in Urdu. Urdu is the Muslim language and Hindi is, you know, the language spoken by most people in India. But the name, when I see um, Harris's name, first name, the way it's pronounced by Hindi speaking, uh, many Hindi speaking individuals is Gamla, without the extra, the other A is kind of silent. But then there's this video that she put out um, a couple, I think a couple of years ago when she was running for Senate, maybe, or I forgot what it was, but she put out a video with kids pronouncing her name correctly. And it's basically Kamala. That's how she pronounces it. And so Tucker Carlson, a couple days ago, um, pronounced her Kamala. And so my older sister was uh, joking that, you know, he wants to make it close to his camel jockey as possible. So, um, you know, so other people can pick up on it. The interesting thing is uh, there's a lot of Indians on Twitter talking about um, a lot of Hindu Americans talking about how.
1: Okay, we had a technical difficulty there. We're good. So sorry.
3: Okay, go ahead. um, As I was saying, um, a lot of uh, South Asians, a lot of Hindu Americans are going we're going on Twitter the day that she was now named as um, Biden's VP. Uh, they were saying that they're going to hear their parents talking about how uh, Kamala Harris is mispronouncing her names for for the next four years. There's one Indian-American journalist who's who's going to be on CNN, and she's like, I'm con- conflicted about how to say her name. But I think the correct thing to do is pronounce the name that she, pronounce the name, her name the way she pronounces it, which is Kamala. So okay. that's what I'm going to do. I- I'm with and, you, yes. And I think that's the re- most respectful thing you can do.
2: And, and and I say this as a man who's, as Poe pointed out, my name has been butchered <laughs> one way or the other way and misspelled. So I just a dear friend of mine who I'm not mentioning, a dear friend of frequent uh, guests on my show, uh, just sent out an email to me with my name was misspelled. So I've been there. I understand. I can relate. Uh, it's all good, as they say. All right, let's move to our uh, journalistic uh, ethics question. S.V. Date, uh, a reporter for Huffington Post, a White House correspondent, in my humble opinion, is my journalistic hero of the day. For He's the question,
3: hero today. Oh
2: well, okay. I was just going to ask you, do you think he violated journalistic ethics? I, I say definitely not. This is one of the great moments, in my humble opinion. Huffington Post, give this man a raise. All right, D, play it. Oh,
1: uh, one second here. Got to find it on the email. Just hang tight. This happened yeah. on Tuesday. Don't worry. I'm going to get it a lot quicker today. Staying <laughs> tight with me here. All right. Going to hit play. Here we go.
0: Please. So, uh, Mr. President, after three and a half years, you regretted all all the lying you've done to the American people. On all the what? Day. All the lying. All the dishonesties.
3: That who has done?
0: You have done. Uh,
3: Tens of thousands. Yeah, go ahead. Please. Please. Go
1: Go ahead. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask about
2: the payroll tax. Okay. Uh, <laughs> i tell you what Ramana, every time I hear that I've heard it like now 10 times I always get mad at the the reporter the little wimp at the end, I don't even know who it was it could be a friend of yours, I have no idea but it, like his, his brother in the press corps took a bold stand, everybody knows Trump lies the Washington Post keeps a running tally 20,000 The guy's a freaking liar. He's a compulsive liar, so it's an honest question. In my humble opinion. Get your opinion. Honest question, and a question I really appreciate someone asking. He had the guts to ask it essentially three times as Trump t- tried to intimidate him with the "What'd you say? Who'd you say about it?" So then he, he, Trump, ignores it, kicks it over to the other reporter, and instead of saying "Why didn't you answer my friend's question, Billy Bob's question, or whatever," the other guy, oh, the, "Uh, the uh, payroll tax. Nobody wants to hear about the payroll tax." They want to hold the president of the United States accountable for his lying. Uh, Let me help you out, Mr. President. (laughs) Anyway, that's my reaction. What's your reaction there? Yeah, I
3: I agree. I think that I think like we saw with um, uh, the Asian American reporter where he pushed it to another reporter when she started asking him about why he calls it the Chinese virus. And that reporter she was also a female. Bumped it back to her, and she goes, "I'm yes. my time to um, the reporter that asked you this question. I think that's what I would have done. I don't think it's an unethical question about his lies because we know he's made a lot of factual uh, fibs about you know, I just lies about many different things. He he does it almost every day. So I think I think this shows that you know. I think this is our questions that people should have been asking him or should be asking him every day, I think. And they haven't been asking him that. And I'm not saying that it has to be like every day you have to go, why do you like lying? But he has to ask, be asked these questions more I think then. And so I, I, I applaud that reporter who asked the question and I think he, he's been, he's been trending. And he just said a, a few minutes ago, he just tweeted that I've been wanting to ask that question for the last five years.
2: Well, he's my man. If we can get him on the show, I'd love to have him on the show. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's funny because if he had been a Jewish reporter, I'm telling you, the Jewish paper would have been championing him. Like, if you read the ethnic press, whenever anybody from that ethnic group does something that any minority... You know, Jews, Indians, uh, African—we're not. None of us are really that different when it comes to like. Whoa! One of us spoke out, and yeah. the tensions now I... on the whole group, and they're going <laughs> to wonder about me because of this dude. But the, the Jewish press would be like, "And he's Jewish, and he had a bar mitzvah, and his brother is a rabbi." I mean, it would. That, I'm telling you, Ramon, I read the Jewish press. <laughs> so so I'm reading now the Indian press. It's like, <laughs> yeah, his father came from here, and he's from. The- <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, we do that, too. When it comes to Muslims or Indians, we we we're all like, oh, did you know he was a Muslim or, you know, oh, he's Indian. Is he from like this region? And so, yeah, we all do that. I mean, it's like I think I think a lot of Indian Americans um, who aren't Trump supporters are probably really excited that this because as soon as you send me that link, I saw the guy's name and I'm like, oh, he's Indian.
2: did, had you, so I had never heard of him before. Be honest. I just, man, I had I I, I not heard of him.
3: I just knew by his last name that he was Indian. Mm-hmm. It was an Indian last name. See, like well. with me, my name could be, I could, if someone heard my name, they might be like, is she Middle Eastern? Because my name isn't an Indian name. It's a Middle Eastern name. So, um, or Arabic name. So, uh, yeah, I, I knew as soon as I saw his last name and then I saw him, I'm like, oh, that guy's Indian.
2: Well I my uh, I'm tipping my hat to him It was a great question and a lot of guts uh, Trump made him ask that question three times and he did not back down. He stood his ground and I it just and the pressure he's under uh, and now I'm sure he's getting trashed by yeah. the right trashed by the right.
3: But you know uh, the funny thing is my younger sister pointed out that Trump never, said, you know, no, I don't lie. He just he just pushed it on. So you know, she's like, in a way, he was kind of like, you know, not, you know, it kind of confirming that he does lie.
2: Oh, he absolutely, I, I said this earlier in the show, I wish he'd just come right out and said, yeah, I lie, I lie all the time. What difference does it make? It's yeah. funny because we're all here in Chicago, we're all talking about, well, if you don't lock up uh, looters, there's no uh, accountability, there's no consequences, they have no reason uh, not to continue looting. Well, I would say the same thing about Donald Trump. If you don't hold him accountable for the lies he says there's no reason why he shouldn't continue to lie and so i i wish he had said i wish he hadn't lied oh she said yeah i'm lying what difference does it make i could say anything and 45 percent of the america people will believe it because they're freaking morons i wish he had said that i would have applauded that all right, now we're going to get to the part of the show where you turn things around, come at me hard. She's already, folks, you should have heard her in the pre-show prep. She was ripping me apart. <laughs> this whole thing about hating people. This is one of our favorite topics. I'll uh, I'll allow you to ask. What how did I don't even remember how it came up? Was, was it because I <laughs>
3: You were talking about Rahm Emanuel, and I might have said, well, you know, you hate Rahm Emanuel, and you're like, I never said I hated Rahm Emanuel, and I'm like, you might as well just say that you hate him. My my thing is, okay, I'm actually someone who's a very, I'm a people person, and in general, I'm not a misanthrope, and I like people, and I like to be around people, and I can usually find something good about every person, but there are people who are bad people, or I don't agree with, and I never said I hated Rahm Emanuel, um, but... I'm just saying the passion that you have when you write about Rahm Emanuel, it just makes it seem like you hate him, but you don't want to say that you hate him because you're like, then he'll be like, I'm I'm being biased, but then you're being you're just tap dancing all around the fact that you just don't want to use the word hate, but you like use every other word to call him, you know, I'm not saying that you like call him names or anything like that, but it's similar to what my husband does, like he'll use all these names about someone and you know, <laughs> He's uh, you know, swearing, you know, calling stuff that I'm not calling people. And I'm like, I know I hate that guy. And he's like, oh, I don't want to say I hate anyone. I'm like, just say you hate him. I just think it's a very political move. It's like it just it just makes you seem like you're the nice guy okay and I'm, I'm just you can just say you hate someone it's okay um
2: all right first of all uh the over under of for when uh ramana throws her husband under the bus eh, 35 minutes on uh, this show kind of took a while uh her, the aforementioned husband is a dear friend of mine Mick dumpke we did a great interview uh, last week i'm gonna promote that interview ramana on criminal justice uh Mick, not pop dylan no, not
3: Bob Dylan.
2: Not Bob Dylan. Uh, we re- somehow rather refrain from uh, talking about Bob Dylan. But uh, anyway, I uh, I have this issue. You're right. Uh, by the way, that line about tap dancing was really funny. It made me laugh out loud. Um, I do have an issue about saying I hate somebody because I think that uh, – that's like a vibration I don't want to put out in the universe, man. You, uh,
3: you put other vibrations out. That's true.
2: I, I'm not saying I don't put any vibrations out. I'm just saying I okay. don't want to put. That.
3: You you had this column about Bill Clinton last week. Uh-huh. And it sounded like you were basically canceling Bill Clinton. I'm not saying you hate him, but you have a strong opinion about Oh, him. yeah.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I own up to my. I thank you for uh, bringing up that column. I believe that the Democratic Party should divorce itself from Bill Clinton. I believe that Bill Clinton has behaved despicably, not only in the Monica Lewinsky affair, in quotes, but doubling down five years later with Jeffrey Epstein. And I believe that every time Bill Clinton tries to explain what he was doing on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, he makes it look worse. And so I think he should just take a break. If he's not willing to come clean with what, how would it like... Degenerate he is. I don't know weird proclivities that he has, that uh, blind spots that he, whatever you want to call it. Then uh, I'm asking him as a Democrat, who I suspect that somewhere he really believes that like it's important for our country that Joe Biden uh, get elected, that he take a step back and not cloud Joe Biden's uh, election with his bad behavior but nope no, uh-uh, uh-uh. he's going to be a featured speaker at the Democratic Convention as yeah, my beloved and, Democrats
3: and yeah. AOC only gets 60 seconds by the way
2: yes really irritates me to no end one Billy Clinton gets to speak Two AOC, uh, could you just wrap it up in one minute, AOC? So, I, I now, do I hate
3: Bill Clinton? Yeah, okay, I can tell you by reading your column, I know you don't hate him, but you're criticizing him and you're canceling him. But when you're writing about Rahm Emanuel, I'm not saying you, okay, I'm not saying you hate him, but it's like you have all these feelings and it just, I'm not saying you have to like, I, when you say hate, it doesn't have to really mean hate. You just like, oh yeah, I hate that. Kind of like you hate, like, you know, Brussels sprouts or broccoli or something. So OK, like, yeah, I, that.
2: For, for the record, I love Brussels sprouts, but <laughs> do not like broccoli. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I've always thought Rahm was kind of entertaining in his own way, because what if
3: he ran for president? Then what would you do
2: If his, if he's running against Donald John Trump? Yeah, you'd love him, but
3: what if? You no, to I Trump?
2: would not love him. I would vote for him. <laughs> it would be like I didn't love uh, who did I? Michael Dukakis, but I voted for him. I did not love. I'm trying to think. I can't remember all the the losing Democrat. Walter, I kind of did like Walter Mondale. That I think about it. So, uh, but uh, I, I'm just blanking on the name of the candidate in 2004. Man, I could see his face. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What uh, about Donald
3: Trump? What about Donald Trump? Do you hate Donald Trump? Yes. So you, you have no problem saying you hate someone.
2: Yeah. Well, it depends who the person. If I really hate him, I hate Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump has been a force, the single greatest threat to American democracy in my life, far beyond Richard Nixon. I believe that. I believe that Ronald, Donald Trump is trying to uh, stir up race war in our country. I believe that. And I think you believe that as well. And that Donald Trump, what he's doing with Kamala Harris is utterly despicable. Yeah. And, um, and that donald trump has I, i'm with the 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 um the lincoln party uh, p- project people the republicans who have turned on trump they go he's just the absolute worst president we've ever lived through so yes i don't have any problems saying that uh even though i'm breaking into so it's good i
3: got you to say that you do hate someone
2: one Ramana person. Hussein, with a vigorous cross-examination. I did it. <laughs> uh, all right. What yeah. about you, Ramana? Do you hate anybody? Do you hate any politicians?
3: I, I, I usually say I hate something. My mom gets mad at me when I say I hate a certain food. Like I grew up and I'm like, oh, I hate liver, and my mom's <laughs> like, you're not supposed to say you hate food. You know, people don't have food around the world, and she get mad at me. She still gets mad at me if I go, oh, I hate that. So my mom doesn't like it when I say I hate anything. They're just. I, and I mean it with a grain of salt when I say I hate something like I'll be like oh I hate you but you know I don't really hate that person <laughs> I'll say that with my friends yeah. when we'll make, we'll make jokes about things or if somebody says something really vicious like, oh I hate you but it's, yeah, I don't know I have an easier time saying hate I guess uh,
2: than either me or uh, her husband who will go unnamed at the moment alright <laughs> I'm now going to uh, switch gears and talk about something I love and we're at the recommendation part of the show i love the politician which is a show on netflix uh by ryan murphy who i also love i think ryan murphy's a genius uh he is the tv producer among other things did pose uh the and oj american simpson horror Story too. american horror star i think the guy's brilliant uh and he's so prolific god i don't, I don't know does he sleep i mean he's just cranking out shows left and right. But The Politician is a uh, dark satire uh, about an exceedingly ambitious young man whose goal is to become president of the United States. So he's starting by running uh, for president of his high school uh, class and uh, very dark uh, satire about American politics and ambition. So I, uh, I love it, even though. And you pointed out to me it got bad reviews. I did not know that until you pointed that out to me. Yeah, I was gonna
3: say, oh, I still like it, even though one of the Paltrows in it doesn't she play the mom?
2: Oh my God! She, I think of you every time I see it.
3: <laughs> in the
2: old days, Ramona would throw Gwyneth Paltrow under a bus within five minutes. But yes, she's so obnoxious as them. Every character in this show is obnoxious.
3: I just I remember when it came out, Mick was asked telling me he wanted to see it, and I was like, it looks so dumb. And I go, plus Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Um, <laughs> I, who he likes, he's a fan of. But anyway, or he said he was at some point. Um, I just felt like i don't know it's maybe it's realistic i know like you see that movie um election with uh reese witherspoon that was pretty entertaining but yes. i don't feel like i just feel like i don't know as someone who's been to high school i mean really is the president school presidency really that important i mean we know it's not it wasn't like that in high school i just think it's like it's just so unrealistic that's what i just feel like i'm like it's not like it's a presidential the u.s presidential race so, so when i saw the premise of the show i thought it looked really dumb but if you're saying it's good maybe it is
2: yeah it's uh, the thing about it uh, the high school this is what strikes you yes the characters in the first season are high school but they're clearly actors who are 10 years older oh yeah than high school kids oh, and my at first gosh. It i was like, like they're
3: 35 or something yeah like i go
2: this is miscasting and then i realized this i believe this is intentional to be even more depraved because you have adults playing a high school role and uh, it just shows you how innocence can be quickly betrayed and uh, twisted and turned around. So I, 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 without having read anything from Ryan Murphy, I think that was intentional on his part. So anyway, I urge everybody to watch The Politician and if you don't like it, you can blame me. Uh, what's your recommendation, Romano?
3: So I we just started uh, Plot Against America last weekend And that is the uh, Philip, it's based on the Philip Roth book. Um, And which I didn't read, Mick read it um, a couple months back and he's like, oh, I want to watch the show and he totally forgot about it. And then it's really interesting because we were talking about Donald Trump and uh, I was just saying, I don't know how um, any person of color could vote for Donald Trump or anybody that's Jewish. And then my friend's like, oh, we should watch Plot Against America. It kind of touches upon that. And um, I've only seen two episodes so far, but it's really good. It's basically about um, it's based it's like it's based on a fictional premise where this anti summit summit gets um, is running for president and he becomes president. And I think the show actually takes it a little further than the book. Because the book goes a little deeper into what exactly happens, and so I don't know. I think it's it's very uh, timely, and it's a it's it's a it's a pretty well made show. Um, David Simon is a guy who wrote The Wire, right? Yeah. Uh, he he wrote it along with Ed Burns, so it's a uh, David Simon show. And uh, Philip Roth was an executive producer of the show, but he died, I, I believe, before it you know before it came out because I think he died in 2018 so i don't know so far i like it It, winona Ryder's in it zoe kazan's in it those are the two main women um john troturo's in it too i think you'd like it it's on um hbo
2: yeah unfortunately i'm gonna have to get i gotta get your uh uh,
3: hussein family plan yes
2: (laughs) i believe half of lincolnwood is on that plan Uh, i will happily join it not (laughs) just
3: lincolnwood it's it's all over the country maybe uh
2: i i read the book uh uh, the plot against America is a—it's uh, a really dark book and it's very uh, scary book. And Charles Lindbergh is the—the—the the, uh, the yeah. person who gets the in this fictitious. Uh, Rewrite of History, Uh, Charles Lindbergh is the Republican nominee in 1940 who defeats FDR and then turns the country uh, to the right, uh, supporting Hitler and um, very anti-Semitic, scary book. Uh, It's dystopian novel. And yeah, I I plan to watch it just as soon as I can get on that Ramana Hussein plan. All right, Ramana, we will not be here next Friday. So you're going to get a much needed and deserved uh, Friday off. I hope you put it to good use.
3: Where are you guys uh, going?
2: Well, we're uh, going on a trip to Michigan. I hope we don't get COVID. Please don't. Uh, yeah, and, uh, Michigan? Way up north by Traverse City. Okay. Uh,
3: Mick is trying to make it. me go there. but yeah,
2: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little nervous, to tell you the truth. You uh, be, fine. be fine. So uh, I hope I return uh, healthy, and I hope you stay safe and sound, and I'll talk to you in two weeks, all Right?
3: See you guys later.
2: That's the great Romano saying, Let me have it good for hating people. I don't hate anyone. Good. Uh, anyway, do you got any updates for us? <laughs>
1: you hate Rom, let's just say it, all right?
2: I love the guy. Oh, really? He gave me a lot of material down through the years.
1: That is true. Uh, You know, kind of balance it out there. Yeah, we got some uh, stuff to talk about. Uh, First off, uh, guys, we're going to do what we did yesterday, where I list off a high school, and Ben uh, tells us some absurd information about said (laughs) high school. He knows a lot. Yesterday, he was talking about the Coke machine at a high school. Like, huh?
2: Mm. Said in high school, yeah, the soda pop machine right under the basket, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, hey, maybe he'll talk about the Pepsi machine in one of these high schools. We're going to do that. Uh, and also, we got some news, uh, some statewide news as well. But first, let's not knock these high schools out here. All right. So, if you're new to this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to list a high school. Ben's going to tell us some absurd information. And then he's going to uh, guess whether or not said high school wanted to keep or remove their police. So right now in my face, I have three, three high schools who uh, just voted as of last night. Uh, first up, the high school we have Von Steuben High School. Ben, tell us what you know about Von Steuben High School. Von
2: Steuben, <laughs> the Panthers. Von Steuben. Dennis and I once rode our bikes uh, right around. The, remember that d We were riding our bikes around Von Steuben, right on the uh, the north side. For yeah. ten trivia points, D. Uh, who went to Von Steuben that you you and I both know? Your daughter, my oldest daughter, right? Von Steuben, my oldest daughter, Lynn Sweet went to Von Steuben, the ace, uh, r- political reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. Great high school, I love Von Steuben, uh, dearly. The Panthers, all right. Now, did they vote to remove? Uh, this is tough, this is tough because, like I say, um. Generally, schools with a high number of uh, African-Americans have been voting to keep, schools with a high number of uh, Latinx are voting to remove, split schools, schools that are integrated are all over the map. I'm going to go on a limb and say that Von Stupid voted uh, to keep its police officers. All right. Shout out to Block Club Chicago. You're
1: doing an amazing job keeping us up to track on this. Uh, The decision was 9-1. It was on Thursday. Von Steuben High School has voted to keep their
2: police officers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By the way, great basketball teams back in the day at Von Steuben. Coach Vince Carter. Vince, I see you.
1: All right. Up next, our next high school
2: lakeview high school ben Chirowski, tell us what you know about lakeview I high school i love lakeview high school uh many of our older listeners will recall uh, that lakeview high school was uh the setting for one of dennis's favorite movies from 1979 uh, my bodyguard remember that one D? yes uh, it was uh, filmed at lakeview high school and uh, lakeview high school i would say that's tough I say Lakeview voted to uh, remove its police. All right. Lakeview High School.
1: The vote came in Thursday. It was nine to one. Lakeview High School
2: has voted to keep their police officers on campus. I got it wrong. Got it wrong. I thought because of the high percentage of Latinx. See, I'm not perfect. Every now and then I make a mistake. It's only every now and then, guys. (laughs) Lakeview, I love Lakeview. Mariah. My dear friend Mariah. I see you, Mariah. Mariah, proud graduate of Lakeview High School.
1: All right. So we got Von Steuben. They decided to keep their schools. Lakeview decided to keep their schools. Up next, it's Lincoln Park High School. Ben, tell us what you know about Lincoln oh, Park High man. School.
2: Houston. Brazil. Happy birthday, Brazil. I see you, Brazil. India. I see all of you. Asia. You all went to Lincoln Park High School. Uh-huh. By the way, for 10 trivia points, D, what frequent guest... Well, not f- that frequent anymore. Oh. On the Ben Jarofsky show is a proud graduate of Lincoln Park High School. I mean, it's got to be Maria Haddon. <laughs> nope, Ice Cube. Uh-uh. Um, the man they call two joints, Tommy oh. Two Joint Shoe. Oh, he you're Lincoln- kidding. Oh, my no. goodness. Young Thomas. He's a proud graduate uh, of Lincoln Park. <laughs> Rumor
1: has it they saw him smoking in the boys' room.
2: But anyway. <laughs> Come, on, he was not. It's just a joke, anyway. Lincoln Park High School. Uh, they voted to keep. Oh, Lincoln Park High School is not Lincoln Park. They voted to keep their uh, police officers.
1: Benjirovsky says, "Keep." Let me uh, channel my inner Regis Philbin. Rest in peace, sir. Lincoln Park High School. Is that your final answer? I mean, keep my... the, keep the school, the police. <laughs> is that your final answer?
2: <laughs> I believe the name of the high school is uh, Lincoln Park High School. They're the Lions. Lincoln Park Lions. Uh, All right. Well, anyway. you're
1: wrong. They decided to remove them. Really? Yeah. Lincoln Park High Whoa. School's local Linkin school Park council
2: me. voted Tommy, to remove. Let's bring Tommy Shuba on and talk about that. Oh, Ben, I don't know. It's been 10 years, probably more than a, I think it's been 15 years since young Thomas was a scholar at Lincoln Park. All right. So those are the schools I have here. By the way, for 10 trivia points, oh, what God. other guest of the Ben Jorowski show is a graduate of Lincoln Park High School? Um, um. um. <laughs> France Bielman. Wait, she was never on our show. <laughs> no. She, this, this woman has only been on our show once. Sarah Carp, w b e education reporter, a proud alum of Lincoln Park High School. And here we go. One more. What public official in the news today I hate these games, but go ahead. Mentioned on our show today is a proud graduate of Lincoln Park High School. She was mentioned on our show today. Oh, uh, Heather Staines. No, <laughs> Melinda 90s. Bush. No, Melinda oh, <laughs> Bush from Gray's Lake. Um I'll, um, I'll give you a hint. Uh, yeah, uh, her last name has two X's in it. Really? Yes.
1: Oh my God! That's a dirty Dude. name. Who is this? You gotta put away that bong. Kim Fox. Oh my goodness! That's right. Mm-hmm. Not a dirty name. The things I know, man. The things I know. You're a huge dork, yes. Okay, so there's that. Uh, We'll be keeping you posted uh, when we come back. Oh, we'll have a handful of schools to talk about when we come back because we're taking the week off. That's right, everybody. And we will have downloadable uh, interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. But before we go, we got one more story to talk about here. It's a statewide story you know it you love it it's the butter cow it's the butter cow which has nine hearts to
4: represent the nine essential nutrients in milk that's right it's made entirely out of butter and you know it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922
1: The only show that plays this clip. Uh, The following comes from Illinois Times. Uh, It says here, since there won't be a butter cow at the Illinois State Fair this year, they're asking their readers to get creative and make their own. Create a butter cow, uh, preferably using Prairie Farms butter. Uh, Take a photo and select uh, the enter your own image below to upload. They're They're looking for miniature butter cows, Ben.
2: Oh well, you know, let's get working. We have a week off. Come on, D. Let's get going. Put a big butter together. I'll get to churning. (laughs) instead of when you wake up chopping wood churn butter stop with the
1: chopping wood thing that means something totally different now thanks pat rod for that one by the way uh we want to say thank you to everybody who's downloaded the show and uh, all of our live streamers as well uh it's been a great summer an interesting summer but a great summer uh and you know we're gonna keep the hits coming here we just got to take a little break isn't that right buddy
2: Yes, we have to take a little break. I want to thank Frank, uh, Michael Girardi, uh, Jay Marie, all the people that uh, help, help us out every day. And just uh, really appreciate it, particularly Michael Girardi, for all the great songs that he comes up with. And he it still hasn't sued us, D. Yeah, quit like, bringing that yeah, up. You're
1: going to put some ideas in his head. Oh, I can get right some now, money. Girardi's like, huh, I didn't even of that.
2: Hmm. <laughs> So, yes, we're going to take a much-needed break. And, oh,
1: man, uh, let's just send the good vibes out and hope the country doesn't go to hell this time.
2: Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Everything's going to be good. We come back. We have plenty of uh, Democratic convention stuff to talk about. David Ferris will be here uh, to talk about it. Mark Sims will be making a return visit. Already have some of those shows, uh, some of those days booked. Uh, Monroe will have a lot to say about the convention. And then all week long, the Republicans will be having their convention. We'll have a blast breaking that thing down. So, looking forward to that uh, in two weeks. So, D, uh, I want you to uh, go home. I'm home. Get rest, uh, stay safe, and uh, do something very important over this week off. This is what I want you to do what? over this week off. Are you ready? Okay. I want you to give yourself a raise, and I want you to take it out of petty cash. Be safe and sound, everyone. See you in a week.
3: Teachers, Yay, for our teachers!
1: Best concert? Yeah, it's Steve Miller Band and the Eagle.
4: It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right, it's made entirely out of butter, and you know it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922.
1: It could be used for what's called surveillance testing, which allows us to discover
4: outbreaks. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think.